Welcome to this very special bonus episode of The Last Refuge. I'm Karin, and I usually play Kit. With me, I have... Alex, and I usually play Flick. And Eugenio, I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands. And today, we're going to take just a few minutes to run through the basics of D&D for those of you who might not be as familiar with the game and its mechanics. Now, as the newest player of the party, I'm going to be guiding the discussion to make sure that these two don't get too far off track. (laughs) (laughs) I would never. Whatever do you mean? So, my very first question, something that I get asked all the time by my friends who don't know what this is, is, Mm -hmm. what is D&D? That's not oh. the first question I would have expected. <laughs> oh, I guess constantly. I guess less than question. Just <laughs> you play D and D. So what is D and D? Okay, so a really quick history. D and D Dungeons and Dragons was created by a man named Gary Gygax back in 1974. Great name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it came about. It sort of uh, stemmed from old tactical war games that were popular at the time. Um, it's a role-playing game, which means that the players are assuming the parts of characters that interact with the game world. A.K.A. RPG. RPG. Um, any modern RPG, like video games, anything from Zelda to World of Warcraft, they all have their roots in Dungeons & Dragons. And the basic video game mechanics all come from this tabletop game. Huh. Um, we're in the game's fifth edition now, and that came out back in 2014, which was the game's 40th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, right? I did not know that, actually. Yeah, yeah. and I when I started playing about when 5th edition came out, I sort of very, along the way, I very quickly started noticing like all the similarities, especially with things like World of Warcraft and mm-hmm. what's called MMORPGs, massive multiplayer online role-playing right, right, games. Right. But even Zelda and Final Fantasy and all those sorts of things, like if you sort of look at the way that like an inventory is tracked or the way that combat goes or the way exploration goes, it all comes in yeah. one way or another. So to actually answer your question about what D&D is now, it's a storytelling game uh, where you're able to do anything that you can imagine and your success at it is based on statistics and dice and most importantly, your imagination. Or to put it another way, D&D is when a group of friends hangs out and tells a story and a lot of times drinks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which we don't do actually when we play. I know, it's quite impressive. For better or worse. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Who's to say? Um, so there's a million different styles and ways that you can play, but at its core, it's just telling stories. D&D actually has uh, the three pillars, I guess uh, they're called in the uh, player's handbook. Oh, you're um, such a nerd. I know. I love it. Um, one is <laughs> We're exploration. All nerds here. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one is exploration. Uh, the other, uh, the second one is social interaction. And the third is combat. So that's really like the three main aspects of the game for anybody. That's kind of what I tell people when they, when I get asked this question, uh, which is, a lot, especially now that we've started recording this podcast. Sure. Um, and exploration is obviously, you know, exploring the world around you, um, you know, and social interaction is interacting with other characters that, you know, are not in the room playing with you, but that your DM usually is the one that speaks for them. And that's how you find out what's going on in the world around you and if there's any adventuring to be had. And then uh, that will lead you to combat, fighting bad guys and fighting you know, animals or whatever you may come in contact with to protect yourself. Very cool. Yeah. Not such a short answer, but yep. Sorry. It gets to the heart of it, which is really what what we're trying to do here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So now taking, I guess it's kind of a sideways step because still establishing those very basics. So Eugenio, anyone who's been listening by now knows that you're our friendly neighborhood dungeon master, but what exactly (laughs) is a dungeon master? 
Right. So um, a dungeon master, or sometimes they're referred to as game masters, because I think dungeon master is trademarked by Wizards of the Coast, who owns mm-hmm. the D&D property, yeah. um, is the person who sort of runs the game and narrates the story. They create the world. Uh, they create the situations that the players are in. They are, if you think of a game of D&D like a fantasy novel, they're the... Uh, the narration text mm-hmm. and the uh, omniscient narrator. Um, I uh, have been dungeon mastering since I started playing really about three years ago. Um, I occasionally will be a PC, a player character and play, but I'm not very good at that. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit too much of a control freak and also don't like not knowing everything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm bad at it. So having... I'll let Alex talk about being a player. <laughs> having, being having DM'd you as Ooh. a player, well, I don't want to talk about it. He asks a lot of questions. I don't want to talk about um, it. So, and I don't necessarily like DMing. I like focusing on what one player has to do and what they think and what they want to do. Um, and so, I guess I'll talk about being a player. I guess so. You Perfect. as a player have you you create the the character that you have and uh with your dm you know you talk about their backgrounds what they like what they don't like and obviously they have their class and their race which i guess we'll get to a little bit later yeah but um being a player you really just have to um think about what your character wants to do uh what's their ultimate goal um you know it's kind of cheesy i mean it is a role-playing game you do have to kind of you don't necessarily have to talk like them and dress like them i mean you can sometimes <laughs> that's larping that's um, live action role-playing oh well, we're not gonna uh, do that later no? i mean I, I didn't say you couldn't yeah. i just said you didn't it's, have it's to option, definitely <laughs> i've done it before uh, we, I, yes <laughs> which i have not but i know some people who do and that's fine but um you it's basically your job to play your character, you know, think like your character and be true to them. I think what's really cool, and one one of the things that I do enjoy when I do, on the occasions that I'm a player rather than a, a DM, is that unlike video game role-playing games, um, which, you know, the, the more advanced the technology gets for those things, the more sort of open world or sandbox or whatever the developing companies are calling it now, mm-hmm. the more you sort of have a lot of freedom in those games, you're still always going to be bound by a set of code, right? right? But in Dungeons & Dragons, because it's a social, interactive, tabletop game, um, you can do anything you can imagine as your character. Um, now, your success is going to be determined by the rolls of dice and some <laughs> other numbers, but you can attempt... Anything you want. If your character right. wants to scale this wall and climb over the castle instead of going through the courtyard, then they can try and do that. Yeah. You know, and that may not be an option in a video game. That's that's one of the reasons that I love this game in particular. Mm-hmm. Oh, so fun. I can't wait to play again. <laughs> um, all right, but let's talk about some of those other numbers that you were saying that might determine whether you can climb over this wall. Yeah. What are yes. those numbers? What are the things that these characters can do? What are we rolling do? for? Okay. Exactly. So getting a little bit more into the nitty gritty now, um, just a little bit though, we'll keep it sort of brief. Um, so everything that your character is going to do or know or attempt is all going to be centered around one of six numbers. And we call these numbers the ability scores. And they sort of tell us everything we need to know about the strengths and weaknesses of any given character. So the six scores are strength, dexterity, constitution, 
intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. So the six physical... Uh, sorry, the three physical scores are strength, dexterity, and constitution. Strength is... And I'm going to go ahead and say right off the bat, this is not my invention, this description that I'm about to use. Uh, I can't remember where I first ran across it, but it's a pretty popular description of the six scores. So strength is the ability to crush a tomato with one's hand. Mm-hmm. Dexterity is the ability to throw, catch, and dodge said tomato. And constitution is the ability to be able to survive eating a bad tomato. So those are your three physical scores. Intelligence, wisdom, and charisma are your mental scores. Intelligence is knowing that a tomato is in fact a fruit. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is understanding that a tomato doesn't really belong in a fruit salad. And charisma is being able to convince people to buy a fruit salad that has tomato in it. (laughs) So intelligence is book smarts. Wisdom is sort of awareness and street smarts. And charisma is sort of force of personality. Right. So those are your six main scores. And when you're building your character, the scores are determined in a variety of ways. That sort of doesn't matter. But once you have the scores set, you understand a lot about any given character. What they're good at, what they're not great at, what they're able to do, what they aren't so good at doing. And then at that point, anything else that you ever try to do is going to be based on one of those numbers. So if you try to climb a rope, for example, I'm going to ask that character as the dungeon master to roll a specific type of strength check that's called an athletics check, but it's based on your strength score. And depending on what number you get on your 20-sided die, you either manage to climb the rope or you don't. Um, If you want to tell a believable lie, I'm going to ask you to make a charisma check, a specific kind of charisma check called a deception check. If you want to sneak up on someone, you're going to make a special kind of dexterity check called a stealth check. Everything is based on these six scores. I've already kind of alluded to this, but the other part of the numbers is rolling a, what we call a D20, a 20-sided die. And that's sort of the D&D prime directive, if you will. Roll a D20, a 20-sided die, add some numbers to it, see how it goes. Right. And those numbers that you add are all based on these six ability scores. All right. That leads me to my next question. Okay. I'm doing okay so far because she hasn't been like, what? (laughs) Yeah. All right. The first time that I played D&D, I think that... I was most taken aback by the uh-huh. fact that there are so many dice. There yeah. are Why a fair are there number. so many it is dice? A fair what number. do they do? It's a little <laughs> overwhelming. I mean, uh, the dice, they all have their specific uses. You, you know, the one that we've talked about the most is the D20, the 20-sided die, and that's the, the biggest one and probably the most important just because it, I mean, it offers the most numbers. So, you know, you have <laughs> from 1 to 20 that's, to that's be true. able to do whatever you need to do. Alex is good at math. Uh, you, know, uh, <laughs> you know. Hey, uh, Alex, what is that geometric shape called that's a 20-sided three-dimensional figure? Icosahedron. So close. Icosahedron. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, um, I have it right in front of me. So. I know. Um, but then there are other dice uh, that we use for a variety of other things. You have uh, the lowest which is a d4 a four-sided die it it looks like a pyramid uh you have a d6 which looks like two pyramids or nope it sure doesn't (laughs) a d6 looks like your normal dice yeah (laughs) sorry i was thinking of a d8 which is my next one yes that looks like two pyramids with their bases glued together uh then you have a d10 which is a little bit fancier and then you have a d12 which is uh surround it's just covered with a bunch of um pentagons so it's it's like uh just 12 sides yeah it's yeah there. that's pretty much it yeah there are all kinds of very specific uses for the smaller dice that aren't the, the 20-sided ones for the most part you can sort of assume that anything smaller than a 
then a 20-sided die is going to be used to roll for damage if you're in combat, if you're attacking something, if you're fighting something. And sort of the more lethal your weapon, the bigger the die you're going to use. If you're swinging a club at somebody, if you're swinging a stick at somebody, it's probably going to be a d4, four-sided die. If you're swinging a great axe, which is you know half your height and requires two hands to swing, it's going to be a d12. You also may have noticed we refer to the dice by saying D and then the number of sides right after. It's a sort of shorthand, nerdy shorthand, but it yeah. does make things go faster. Nerdy shorthand is the Always. best kind of shorthand. Isn't it, though? <laughs> well, that's great. Cool. Very useful. Good. Helpful for me to get my head around because I definitely used the wrong dice last time for a roll. <laughs> well, so. I, okay. To be fair, though, I will say that even I, if I'm trying to go quickly, will grab a D12 instead of a D20. <laughs> they are sort of similar in shape if you're not really paying close yeah. attention. Sugar, they all if look, you're in the yeah. middle of combat. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> dice definitely look High stakes. Similar. I can't count the number of sides. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right, well, let's backtrack for a minute and talk about um, the other aspect of building a character that we had touched upon earlier and okay. said we would talk about a little bit more, and those are races and classes. Ah, okay. yes. Well, I always, I get, because I get the question a lot, you know, like, what, how do you make a character? What is it, what's involved in building a character? And I always say, well, your character is two things, what they are born and what they choose to do with their life. And it's kind of like people you know like regular <laughs> humans um but you have a race and that's everything from mexican human. okay this is eugenio and as i was editing this bonus episode i realized that i wanted to cut in here and say a couple of quick things number one this joke is super not a good joke and i am aware of that i was just trying to make a point number two i myself am of mexican heritage which is why i went with mexican so please don't read into anything there and three i recognize that mexican is not a race per se which just makes the joke even worse and approach offensive even faster um i hope that it doesn't offend anyone that was not my intent sorry if it does Okay, back to the episode. <laughs> Maybe, you know, I mean, it depends on the world you're No, no, that's in. not what we mean by race. Yeah. Not in this game. Oh, not, uh, <laughs> no, not it's not what we mean. It's everything from human, elf, dwarf, gnome, tiefling, which is, Flick is a tiefling. It's a half devil, half human. Um, and that's all the options. Pick whichever one you want. Uh, classes, on the other hand, is what your character chooses to do with their life. So whether that is a wizard, you choose to study magic. Um, you know, if you choose to be a fighter, that's you choose to hit things for a living. You know, it just it depends on what you what sort of adventuring your character wants to do. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The um, for the most part, the races, they give you some in-game bonuses and things like that. But a lot of it is sort of flavor of your character the classes are really what change as your character levels up which is what we the term that we use to to mean essentially just that your character becomes more and more powerful yeah. as they venture longer as you play them longer so the classes are really what determine your character's abilities as they progress through the levels awesome yeah yes okay i'm sorry i don't have a like good transition no. for this next no one, that's so. okay I, yeah uh <laughs> Speaking of what your characters do when they adventure. And yeah, speaking of things that happen, <laughs> combat. Yeah, that's a thing. We combat a lot. We do. What what happens during a combat yeah. session? So um, the role-playing part of D&D is, is pretty straightforward. You guys tell me what you want to do when you're interacting with one of the creatures that I've put in your path. And if what you want to do with them is have a conversation with them, then you have a conversation with them, and that's that. If, however, you what you want to do with them is kill them, then we <laughs> enter combat. 
Um, that is what we like to do a lot, isn't it? That's uh, what some of you more than others. Yeah. Some of us. This dear. <laughs> what? Um, so we could sort of talk about the mechanics of combat forever, but I will keep this simple for those of you who aren't super familiar with the way that, that the game works, just so you can sort of follow our episodes that have a lot of combat in them a little bit more. So each player gets a turn. And the turn is, like everything else in the game, the turn order is determined by a roll. Once the order is determined, then uh, players start taking their turns. A round is a whole set of all the players and all the bad guys taking their turn. In the game, one round of combat takes up six seconds of time in the game world. So within those six seconds, any character or bad guy is allowed to do three things. They're allowed to move... They are allowed to take what we call a standard action, and they're allowed to take what we call a bonus action. Okay, so let's talk about those three things really Mm -hmm. quickly. They are allowed to move. Each character, depending on what race they are, and ultimately it sort of is about how tall they are, how large they are, has a particular speed listed on their character sheet. And that tells them how far they can move in one round. Most creatures, all of our characters in this campaign, have a move speed of 30 feet. So that means in one round of combat, you are allowed to move up to 30 feet and still do all of your other things. Right. A standard action, then, is what your character actually does in that round. And a standard action can be use a weapon to attack, it can be cast a spell, it can be use an object, lots of options. But it's a thing that's going to take up, you know, probably three to four seconds of that six seconds that you have in a round, right? It's your major action. Then there are bonus actions, which is, uh, I believe, a new thing for 5th edition D&D. They called it other things in previous editions. But it's essentially like a standard action, but it's something that takes up less time. It sure, might only take yeah. a second or two. So some spells that don't take as long to cast are bonus actions. Um, there are other things that are bonus. It, it, just little smaller actions sure. that you can mm-hmm. do faster. So those are the three things that any character can do in one round of combat. Move. Take a standard action, like attack or cast a spell, and take a bonus action, which is a shorter little action. And that's basically how combat works. You go down that list of turn orders, and you keep going until all the people on the good side or the bad side are unconscious <laughs> and or dead. <laughs> and we have seen both of those situations happen so far in, in yeah, our we show. Have. In fact, Surprisingly. we have. <laughs> no, um, only second level. But, so, what happens when we're in combat uh-huh. and... and- a good guy uh-huh. does die. Speaking of, uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, I mean, Alex has had that happen a few times to his characters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's well, talk about that. It's uh, it can be rough. So, <laughs> I, just like life, you know, death is a part of life. Oh, that. And so, dark. <laughs> is that too morbid? A little. Uh-huh. Um, so, a character has what we call hit points, and we abbreviate that as HP a lot of the time, and uh, it increases as you uh keep leveling up as you're as you grow get older whatever right you. basically just sort of represents how much punishment you can take as a right character. and so when you get hit you the damage that you take takes away hit points mm-hmm. and so when your hit points reach zero you become unconscious dead. <laughs> not dead not you're unconscious oh, i'm sorry dead um not and dead. Uh, so he is not dead yet he can sorry it's been a while since musical theater <laughs> reference it's true <laughs> Um, yeah, so once you're unconscious, not dead, uh, you start making what are called death saving throws. Uh, you roll a 20-sided die. If you get a 10 or higher, you succeed and get one success. If you roll less than 10, you get a fail. 
Once you reach three successes, if you reach three successes first, that means that you are stabilized. You're no longer in danger of dying, but you're still unconscious. And it'll take a certain amount of time before you regain consciousness or someone can heal you. If you get three fails first, though, then your character essentially like bleeds out or expires or however you want to put it. But you are dead, dead, dead. dead. And there are now there are spells in the universe that can bring dead, dead back from dead, dead oh, to really? alive. They're very difficult. But they're 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 high spells. I mean, they're powerful mm-hmm. spells that our beloved characters do not yet have access to. So no. I would Darn recommend it, not dying. I was planning on dying cleric, this next episode. So. We do have a cleric. It, Mr. It, it, Flick will eventually have access to some of those eventually. spells. <laughs> so, so yeah. So zero doesn't mean dead, as you all know, because you all got dropped to zero once. But there's a process for, for seeing what happens. Very cool. Well, yeah. Hopefully none of us die, because I hope that not. would be really sad. <laughs> Stay alive. Right. Yes. I needed two this episode. Yes, I agree. We were really slacking, so. Um, all right. Well, one last question. Okay. Where where does all this come from? Where? <laughs> how do you know all these things? Yeah. <laughs> I just make it all up. I <laughs> bullshit this entire episode. No. no. There are books. <laughs> there are books. Of course, there are nerds. Many um, books. So there are three core books for every edition of D&D that's ever existed. And all of the rules, all of the, the main rules that you need to play can be found in one of these three books. There's the Player's Handbook, which has all of the information that players need to build and play characters. There's the, the Dungeon... Bible. Sorry? It's... I'm my Bible, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Dungeon Master's Guide, which has a bunch more information for DMs about special circumstances, how to build encounters, how to build worlds. And the Monster Manual, which has statistics for all the different beasties that you guys might run into and have to fight or interact with in one way or another. Now, in terms of, like, beyond that, where do these stories come from that you guys are playing There are two main options. Wizards of the Coast, which own the Dungeons & Dragons property, um, every six months or so, they put out an adventure that their writers and producers have written and playtested, and it is a whole line of storyline of adventures and quests and things like that for players to do. So that's one option for Dungeon Masters, is they can buy a pre-written, pre-published adventure. The other option is what we do with The Last Refuge, which is uh, lovingly called in the nerd community a homebrew campaign, <laughs> which just means that I, as the Dungeon Master, have invented the world, and I'm inventing the story and what's going to happen to you all as we go. Exactly. Um, I still use statistics from the Monster Manual for bad guys. We're still using the rules from the Player's Handbook and the Dungeon Master's Guide. But in terms of the story and the universe that the game takes place in, that all just came from my noggin. In case anyone was wondering if we were nerds, I think we really have established in this episode that we're all there. Because I'm sure that it had not been established previously. No, never. No, never. (laughs) I mean, I've never talked about it. No. No. We're all very, very cool. (laughs) Oh, the coolest. Here's the thing, though. Nerd culture, getting cooler. Uh, so all your nerds out so. there who haven't admitted that you listen to this podcast, let your freak flag fly. Well, and you never know who you'll tell that you play D&D or you listen to a D&D podcast and then they'll, they'll respond by saying, oh, I play D&D, which literally happened to me and my brother say, this Karin, week. did that happen to you recently? <laughs> yes. No, I was like, brother, listen I, to this podcast that I'm doing. And he was like, oh, I love Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it so, happened to me what? today. I mean, literally today I, I said, oh, I do this, you know, D&D podcast. And yeah. somebody said, oh, well, I play D&D, you know, since whatever. Da, 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 yeah. da. You know, it was a coworker <laughs> of mine. I mean, you never know who you're going to meet who's stumbled upon the game like we have. So I love it. It's really fun. Spreading the word. That's what we're doing. Spread exactly. the word. The moral the of the story is 
everyone loves D&D, and if they don't, they should. So Correct. spread the love. I love that moral. It's all about storytelling, y'all. It's great. All right, guys. Well, we're going to stop there for this week. Thank you all so much for listening to this very special bonus episode of The Last Refuge. If you enjoyed your listening experience, it would be just dandy if you could leave us a review on <laughs> iTunes. You're <Sorry>. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We'll start over. No, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> it would be just dandy if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcasts from. The more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better our placement on those sites. And the better our placement, the more people we get to listen. Now, here's a five-star review we got recently. Jay Names Forever says, Bite-sized D&D fun. Fifth edition homebrew. There are a lot of D&D podcasts and shows out there, but The Last Refuge is a standout amongst the crowds. The cast Aww. seems to be a mix of players with acting and theater backgrounds, actual yep. character and NPC voices, along with D&D experts and noobs all playing together. The setting is a homebrew, so it's not anything that's been done before. And the players are all actually serious about the game in a way that's incredibly immersive. This isn't just your garden variety shooting the breeze basement game. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, definitely not. For those of you who play in the basement, that's fine. But there's one more very oh, important more. note on more. this review that I have to read. J Names Forever, you really wrote for this. I appreciate it. Go and, on. And it's a little PS. Okay. It says, the DM has the most strangely calming, seductive, <gasps> and inviting voice and tone throughout the campaign. <laughs> what? Give your ears a treat. Um, so which is bad. my favorite thing that has ever happened. That's so good. It's so weird. It's also, no, it's I, really I love you, real. Forever. Thank you for that yeah. review. That was very sweet. Oh my gosh. Um, That's a little weird. I mean, but it's also so true. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> Thank you, J Names Forever. We so appreciate it. Oh, that's yes. so sweet. Now, remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at, at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. Or you can email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. We also have a website with character and player bios and other cool stuff. That address is www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, we want to thank all of you for listening. I'm Karin, and I usually play Kit. And with me, I have... Alex, and I usually play Lick. And Eugenio, I'm usually your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands. Happy gaming, y'all. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That was so good.